Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a newly tattooed boy and a Toast of London fan, Dan Masters, who my good friend, the East Kent Elliot Friedman, and a man who has a child with a forgettable name, Will Every Human. Will, how are you doing? I'm very, very good. Funny you bring up uh, Toast of London, Dan, as I started watching it the other day. No way! You just, have you watched it before? I've watched little bits of it. A lot of my mates are big fans, but they started watching it after I moved out of Kent, so it wasn't a communal uh, getting into process that I was a part of. So now I've watched the uh, watched the pilot. Him and uh, him and Ray uh, Ray Purchase's wife, loving wife. <laughs> Ray Purchase. Ray. Yeah, very very well. Have you just started watching it then? No, I've watched. I watched it when it was on first. I've, I've only started rewatching it because it was on Netflix. And I thought, oh, that'll do. A little 20 minutes. Oh, is it on Netflix? There. Yeah, it's on Netflix, yeah. Oh, God, I'm watching it with adverts on all four, like some sort of mug. Oh, like a fucking idiot, yeah. Like watching What's adverts. What's wrong with you? Fuck it. Fuck it, oh, mate. But yeah, it's on Netflix. There you go. It's, it's fantastic. It's fucking bonkers. It's not like many shows you'll see. And it is a comedy show, but it's very, very wacky and offbeat. Very peculiar. But I, I think it's absolutely amazing. It's, it's definitely fan. Matt Berry just being allowed. Well, he, he created it with some geezer, didn't he? And it's it's yeah, clear yeah. that he has basically full creative control. Yeah, I'm sure he went to Channel 4 and said, can you give me 100 grand to make this TV show? And they said, yes. And he said, what else do you want? And they just went, yes. And that was it. <laughs> just just, just do it. Like, is it is it weirder than Snuffbox? I'd, I'd, it might be weirder than Snuffbox somehow. Yeah, I don't know. It might be a little bit weirder than Snuffbox. Because like the thing for me is like at least Snuffbox is like up front with how weird it is. Do you know what I mean? Like it's proper in your face. This is going to be a strange time. Prepare for it. Whereas Toast of London, like at least the setting is he's just an actor in London. Like there's no yeah. Toast of London does that thing where it's very weird, but nobody plays off the weird. The no. weird is for the audience, not the people in the show. They just they carry on like everything's completely normal. Yeah, there's there's no like time traveling toilet in a fucking country club or whatever it is in, in Snuff <laughs> yeah. Fox like and not fucking executioners or whatever like it's yeah very very good show for even if if any of our North American friends uh want a, a taste of just how surreal British humour can get uh Toast of London or basically anything with Matt Berry in a prominent role is is a good shout if you want to get real fucking weird with it Matt Berry is one of those guys who just always plays Matt Berry. That's what yes. he always plays. It's he's in different costumes in every show, but he just plays Matt Berry. There's and there's nobody who could play him. If they ever do a biopic of Matt Berry's life, only Matt Berry could play Matt Berry. There's no, you couldn't get another actor to play him. It, it's not possible. He just is who he is, and it works. Yeah, it's, it's great. It, it's all different like lengths of leash on Matt Berry is the only difference between <laughs> yeah, his characters. That's so true. So how directed is he being? That's the question. I don't know if the only thing I think American people or any North Americans who are listening would know him from is if you've ever watched the show What We Do in the Shadows, he's in that oh, he as in that? the um... Yeah. I've got to say as well, mate, that is also fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And it's basically a documentary about three vampires who live in New York. And they've obviously, you know, they they live the whole vampire life, but it's a mockumentary office style. But it's based around three vampires. I'm not even joking. That, again, like we just said, this is just a map. You can tell it's a Matt Berry show. He plays this, you know, this hundred and I don't know, hundreds of years old vampire who lives in New York, and he's got to kind of get along with everyday life. 
and nobody really reacts to them, but they kind of don't understand certain things about modern living. And it's very, very again, it's just it's absolutely fantastic. It sounds good. It's it's not it's another one to uh, to add to the list without a doubt. Just to give anybody just a slight a slight idea of how bonkers Toast of London can be, <laughs> there's a scene where he's talking to his agent. So so Matt Berry's talking. It cuts to his agent. It cuts back to Matt Berry's character for a reaction shot, who is then played by a completely different actor. It then cuts back to the agent and then cuts back to Matt Berry back as himself. And that's it. And there's no reference to it. No, it, that's just what happens. And it's stuff like that. It's just very offbeat. You would say it's very offbeat, I would say. He's he's got some really surprising things in his uh, in his filmography. Like I didn't realize he, realize he was in Moon, which is about as far away from a Matt Berry type role that I can think of. That's a fair point. I haven't watched Moon in a long time. What uh, what else is he in? Oh, he's in um makes a makes a cameo in Community. Guest appearance in community, as you do. Uh, yeah, Portlandia as well. Where's Where's that other really weird one? Weirded me right out. Have you seen Have you seen him I've doing voiceover it. work yet in Toast of London? Is that in the first episode or not? There in so it was a pilot. It's the one where he's doing that advert where he just has to say yes, <laughs> and he goes yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> That character, let's tell you what, even the little characters are fantastic. The two guys who sit behind the thing. Hey, Stephen, this is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? <laughs> Clem, Clem Fandango. It's, it's so good. So good. But that's the thing as well, because Matt Berry does tons of voiceover work, doesn't he? That's. Mm. I mean, if people hear his voice, they go, oh, that guy. Okay, now I know. Yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah, he does like that. I think that's where he makes most of his money. He just does voiceover work all the time. But yeah, if any of you are North American listeners have got a VPN, Get on to Toast of London because it's absolutely bonkers, and I think you'll enjoy it. Can treat yourself to a bit of berry. <sighs> well, I don't want to. Have to I, do I wonder. I wonder what you're going to talk about. I wonder what that <laughs> sigh is precluding. <laughs> oh God! I just—it's. I feel like it's every other week at this point. I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. I really am sorry, but we have to talk about it. Where are the Sabres trading Jack Eichel? <laughs> God, I fucking it's what the wish. people want to know. It's the topic of the moment. Yeah. Why is he such a good fit in Las Vegas? I don't know. Let's work it out. Fucking hell. What about um, Jack Eichel for Tom Wilson? That'd be an interesting one. That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. I sent Will <laughs> a message on WhatsApp last night. After, was it last night or the night before? Can't remember. Have, Whenever, I thought it was. I thought it was. Oh, uh, the the message or the incident. So I sent you a message after the incident, and I said, "Oh God, we don't have to talk about Tom Wilson again, do we?" And I <laughs> swear, I swear on a stack of Bibles, I was not going to talk about Tom Wilson because it's just Tom Wilson doing Tom Wilson things. I'm so over it at this point. But yeah, then, look, look back in in your uh, in your Google Podcast archive of Two Brits One Park for any. Any episode that has Tom Wilson in the title, and it's almost certain that we've got at least forty-five minutes on how much of a piece of shit he is, and why we need players like Ryan Reeves to kill him nightly. Well, let's not get into that again. <laughs> and then there was a little wrinkle this time, and the little wrinkle was the New York Rangers on their white stallion <laughs> bounding over the hills towards Twitter with a fucking beautiful. Beautiful attempted dagger to the heart that is the absolute fucking idiocy 
of player, and I'm doing the air quotes like a twat, safety, because that changed everything. And now we have to talk about it. I'm going to try and get the quick two quick points out. before. So one quick point and then one question to you, sorry. My first quick point is, I'm so over the Tom Wilson stuff at this point that I don't even blame him anymore. What? I, that's who he is. That's it's, who it's he is. Compul- it's compulsive. It's, it's... It is. I, he has a. Condi- I said this before. I think he's got something wrong with him. Now it might be all the fucking steroids he takes allegedly, because it might be roid rage or something. I don't know. Allegedly, but he's got an issue. He has a problem. He just cannot help himself. He really can't. And I and I liken it to people who've got aggressive dogs. Well, at some point, you have to go... At some point, it's not the dog's fault. That's just what they are. They're an aggressive dog, and they're going to bite children and bite people and whatever. That's what they do. So am I saying Thomas should be put to sleep? I mean, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) You know? The issue is, is that what happens is, if we're going to use the aggressive dog analogy, is that the Washington Capitals keep taking their pet to the vet for advice or to dog behaviorists for advice and they go well it's a dog it's you know it's a dog what do you want me to do and that's it that's all that happens so i'll ask you this first before we get to the main thing that's all i'm going to say at this point why do you can you blame him at this point can you blame him for what he does (laughs) can i blame him yes yes i can fucking blame him because as much as yeah you can draw comparisons between tom wilson and a rabid dog which i think are very fair comparisons the behavior is very similar uh, the, appear- the appearance is very similar. I'd imagine the smell's fairly similar too. <laughs> the, the difference is, you know, disregarding any potential brain injury which has caused psychopathy in him, he has the the faculties to think and make his own fucking decisions. It's not Does like he this though, was- Will? Does he? Can you prove, <laughs> can you prove to me that that's true? Can you prove until, to me that that's true? I don't think until, you can. Where's the evidence? Until he... Until he has his liberty taken away from him. You know what I mean? He has Where's capacity. He has, until the NHS come in and take away his capacity to make his own decisions, we have to treat <laughs> him as having the ability to make those decisions. And for this one, like it's not like the Brandon Carlo hit. It's, it's not like any of the hits because it wasn't a hit. Do you know what I mean? Like It's not like you can't even do the whole thing of like, ah, yeah, maybe he's just shit hitting. Maybe, well, what was that thing that people were bandying around when he hit Carlo like, Oh, he he hits to hurt, and he doesn't know how to not do that. And so, it's f- fucking stupid, stupid things like that. This one, <laughs> this one, he um, so he cross checks a geezer's face into the ice with, you know, by making contact with a prone man's neck, then starts punching said prone man in the head. Then, when a a, a sprightly Russian waif who I could probably one-hit knockout. Fair uh, point. Dares, dares to say, could you please stop punching my small friend? He um he fucking gives him a belly-to-belly suplex into the ice as well. Um, Yeah, so this this is a little bit different to a uh, what 200 hockey men would define as a hockey play for me. And and again, like, like you said, I don't want to just fucking spend half an hour litigating, oh, Tom Wilson's a bad guy, isn't he? He's done another bad thing, because there's more important things to discuss that have sprouted from it but yeah i think this is not this isn't one that you can say oh yeah it's not his fault like yeah it fucking is his fault it's 100 percent his fault it's not a hit Listen, gone away right. it's not Listen. yes yes it's heat at the moment but it's not like a high stick or whatever like this is fucking 
crazy shit that he's doing now. This is, and I, I think you you do kind of uh, hit the nail on the head a bit with the comparison to a rabid dog, because you can see in his actions, it's about rage coming out. The way that he throws Artemi Panera into the ground by his fucking hair, that's not rational thinking in the moment, is it? It's also so, a bitch move, isn't it? Grabbing somebody yeah. by the hair in a fight, that's bitch. I know, that's just, well, like, that's and, and, and in hockey, full stop, yeah, I'm not a massive... I, I don't love the code, you know what I mean? But Christ, like, what, you're... It's one thing to grab a guy and start punching him in the face, which I still don't think is an okay thing to do, but grabbing a hockey player and, like, wrestling him to the ground, that's that's really not all right. That's, that's so beyond the realms of, of all right in this weird cult where we've we've normalised violence within a fucking sport that, yeah, it's, it's, it's beyond the pale. It's beyond the pale and it's become an utter... Sorry, I'm, I'm ranting here. It's become a meme to be like, holier than thou. Oh, Tom Wilson, he should have all his fingers chopped off and shoved in his eyes like every time he touches the puck. <laughs> but this is, this is fucking beyond the pale. And it's so evident in the fact that a an NHL hockey team has come out with a statement saying this ain't it, George Paros needs to go, which just to me utterly highlights how far this has gone, how out of hand this has gone. Listen, listen, right. If you've got a kid that you just let run wild and be fucking feral or whatever, if you don't parent properly... And that kid grows up to be an absolute piece of shit and does fucking nuts things and kills people and robs banks and fucking whatever you want to do that's illegal. If it's never been disciplined and it and it knows every time it does something, no one's really going to care, it's going to keep doing it. It's it's just been nurtured that way. And this is this is why I am fully on with the we are a New York Rangers fan cast now, by the way, I'm just saying. That's now my <laughs> that's now my second team without question. And if you're if you're Tom Wilson. Why would you stop? Why would you stop? Because nothing's ever going to happen. Nothing's ever going to happen to you. Why Why would you stop? What's the punishment again? I get the Brandon Carlo thing, and the NHL took, the player safety, took leniency because he hadn't done something like that for a couple of years. Did you, did you the read fact. the, sorry, did you read the Rick Carpinello thing about that? Oh yeah, they didn't even want to suspend him for that. Yep. <laughs> And it was only because because uh, Big Gaz said, uh, "Nah, you yeah, got to suspend him." Yeah, like, oh, that's right, not then. right. And that's the thing. That's what it is. And I'm not saying I'm not saying he's not to blame for what he's doing. Of course, he has his own mind and he knows what he's doing and he should know what he's doing. But if you know that you can practically murder people on the ice and it's always <laughs> going to be classed as a well, it's hockey, in it. Why would you not do that? How listen. How many times have I said, I've said it a fucking trillion times on this show, on this show. And if this ever happens, I want every single person listening to this show to fucking tag me in it and say, oh my God, you were right. In the playoffs, if you're playing against a team that has that grade A megastar, two names, right, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, right? If you're playing Edmonton or if you're playing Toronto, why would you not? send your fucking 7th D-man goon out there and just open ice, hit one of those players in the face as hard as you can. Why would you not do that? What's the repercussion? That player will have to then be suspended for probably, probably the rest of the round. Not even the entire playoffs. Why would you not do that? What's the punishment to not 
go and intentionally knock out a megastar. What's the punishment? You'd go fucking... The the only player I can think of from the cup final that was was the Nathan Horton one against the Canucks. Why would... And it knocked him out for the rest of the... For the rest of the finals. Why would you not do that? Because A, we fucking know for a fact that in the playoffs, way more shit gets let go. Way more. Which at this point, everyone believes it's just an edict from the league. Did they say to the refs, you know what? Just fucking, it doesn't matter. It's the playoffs, isn't it? Let the players play. Let them play. Why would you not do that as a team? Because nothing, it's your seventh team, man. What do you fucking care? What do you care? <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing to stop that happening. There's nothing to stop it happening. And I've said this is what, and this is what else I said before. The issue is, is that because the league are so, and George Paros are so fucking soft on shit like this, it's just going to start to breed more and more um, paybacks that are not in the spirit of the game. The idea about the idea about the code is, which I do kind of understand, is that you need to pay for your actions. We're going to square up, and I'm going to try and deck you. You know what? As a guy who'd been in a fair few fights when he was younger, I can almost appreciate that. I can kind of get it. But what's going to happen now is is that, and somebody I cannot remember who said this on Twitter, but someone made a great point. Why now? If you know that stuff like this happens, and apparently stuff that's just a scrum is fair game now. And John Scott actually said this, didn't he? John Scott had a really good point about it. It's fair to John Scott. He said, I'm wondering if George Paris has got a dog in the fight here. Does he support Washington or something? That was hilarious. (laughs) But if you go into a scrum now and Wilson's down, why wouldn't you just start kneeing him in the face? Why not? I'm not saying it's right, but why not? What's the... What's to stop players wanting to do that? Where's the, what's the word? Where's the reason to not do it? Yeah, there, isn't the, where, there isn't a deterrent. There isn't a deterrent. Deterrent, and, thank you, yeah. There's, there's no it, deterrent. If, if I didn't know better, and this is such a conspiracy theory, like which, which has been banded about ever since Paris got the job, is it is it not a weird coincidence that we seem to be, player safety at least, seem to be trying to lean hockey back to the old days of of relying on the code for its, uh, you know, law enforcement and stuff, while being headed up by a person who held that job. Do you know? What I mean? Like it's just, it's too much of a like. What a surprise! What a surprise! A geezer who made his living by you know oh, making people answer the bell, answer the bell. Oh, let's fight, let's fight, because you injured my superstar. I'm gonna punch you in the face, and then everything's all right. Like, is is it any surprise that he's now enabling that kind of behaviour by refusing to? So, so we've got two, two documented situations in in this motherfucking season, where George Paris has personally elected to not, uh, to not suspend Tom Wilson for one abjectly suspendable incident, and another the Brandon Carlo hit, where a lot of people say, yeah, this guy doesn't get the benefit of the doubt; it should be a should be a suspension, like. And I know you can you can say always oh, said uh, we've only got proof from Carpinello about the uh, Carlo hit that Paros was personally opposed to it, but don't don't give me that shit for a second that the head of player safety can't overrule everybody and say now Wilson needs a suspension on this Panarin incident because he would I'm sure he'd be able to do that and he clearly hasn't so it's yeah so to to take it onto the statement from the Rangers, this absolutely insane statement, which I never thought we'd see anything like in the world. I'm fucking here for it. I am fucking here for it. I love it. Personally, if 
just just a little sidebar, which is which is disappointing about this. Um, Very strongly and specifically worded statement from a member team of the NHL, um, which you know is impressive for this situation. But aren't there other situations in in the past year, eighteen months, where we could have used a more strongly worded? (laughs) specifically worded statement from an NHL team and we all just assumed they weren't able to do that. Um yeah, maybe. Maybe. No. At least at least Artemi Panarin's life matters. That's that's all I'll say. That's there that's go. good. At least yeah, there is some baseline there for, for the NHL. Like I said though, he's a small Russian wave boy. He needs prote- <laughs> he's protecting by his <laughs> he, he does. He does. <laughs> He does. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read because hey, you never know. Maybe there's somebody's not read the statement. I don't know. I'll read it quickly. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson's a repeat offender with a long history of these type of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused injury to Artemi Panarin that prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a, and I fucking love this, dereliction of duty. Oh, lovely. By NHL head of player safety George Paros and believe he's unfit to continue his current role. I can eat it. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> Dude, it's about fucking time, isn't it? It's about time. Yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake. Fucking and that's year, the thing. That's, that was the, I mean, yeah, you're right. That was the other thing as well that was so stupid about the, that these kind of punishments is that if you've not done that exact thing before, it's classed as a new offence, which is so fucking dumb because that was the, oh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Wilson before, but that was, you know, and, and the fact that, well, he's not done something like this before or not done something like this for a while. So it doesn't count. Okay. So <laughs> I murdered somebody 10 years ago. I get a lot of prison. I murder somebody again the next day. Dude, that was 10 years ago, that first murder. You can't count that. It doesn't count, okay? That was a different time. Yeah, it's wiped. Forget it. I mean, that alone is just fucking ridiculous. And somebody, like I said, somebody made a point on Twitter is that if you're the Rangers tonight, you've got nothing to lose. You've got nothing to lose. You're out of the playoffs. Your season is done. Why would you not just call up a bunch of AHLers and just say, just go for Wilson's knees, go for his ankle, fucking whatever. It's fair game, but don't care. Why would you not do that? But that'd be this is um, fucking amazing. One hell of a, uh, one hell of a response, wouldn't it? I'll say. And then, and all, and then, all David Quinn would have to do, come out, I just come out after the game and just say, well, you know, it's, you know, these things happen in scrums, don't they? What do you expect? It's hockey. And just play it like that, dude. I tell you, I could, I, I could never be a fucking GM or a coach. I'd be so vengeful. I'd be so vengeful. <laughs> I'd be like the bad guy from fucking um, Karate Kid, like the Cobra Kai. Like, just take his knees. <laughs> I want his knees. <laughs> and what I love about this from the Rangers is that Jeff Gorton must have gone to ownership first and said, all right, we're going to part a statement and they're going to fucking probably fine us. Are you okay with that? And fair play to ownership, man. Yeah, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> it's chump change for us. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think it's it's the right thing to do. That That statement does have some... Uh, writing decisions in there that I think what's the word I'm looking for uh, maybe overstating the situation you know of of all the things that have ever happened in the NHL I don't know if I'd quite 
define this Wilson thing as a horrifying act of violence. <laughs> but like there's the point still stands. The point still stands. I absolutely agree that he's um been dangerous and reckless, you know, okay, repeat offender, etc. etc. He needs to go, Paros needs to go. Uh but yeah, it's it's insane. And a team was gonna have to take a stand for something to change. Like if this doesn't enact change in in the the way player safety is run and the way that suspensions are doled out, I think you're right. Like, I, if if teams are already do a team at least is already going to this length to voice their opposition to Wilson in particular, combine that on top of the fact that you've got players like Ryan Reeves who are willing to willing to to you know take the hammer to him, it could get ugly. Him, basically, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It could get ugly. That's I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We we you, you joke about calling up a bunch of AHLers and and having him murdered, but like, I mean, fucking hell, we've seen, yes, yeah, a real horrifying act of violence previously in the NHL when when we're talking about revenge hits with you know Batuzzi and Moore and stuff like that. Who's? Oh yeah. Why? Not why wouldn't you? Because you'd hope the cooler heads would prevail, but. Fucking hell, if, you, if you're feeling like you need vengeance on this particular player and you want to make an example to really show the NHL, it's a way to do it, isn't it? That's the thing. I think, it like, if he does something like this, like I say, it's, it's, it's kind of a... It's, it's a shame that it's a meaningless game because if this was the playoffs, if there was something on the line and now Panarin's out for the rest of the playoffs and it severely hampers his team from moving on, I think it would have been even stronger. Or... Like I said, if this was one of the golden boys, like McDavid, or in the Canadian media especially, like McDavid or Matthews or something like that, I think it would have been even stronger still. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you can you imagine if he go if he just takes a run at somebody and he just grabs McDavid by the head, drags him down, and McDavid's knee buckles or something? Yeah, that's well, the. And you almost you almost oh, fuck. I'm not saying you want to see it because you don't want to see it. That'd be fucking horrific. <laughs> but there is that part of you that thinks. Well, what would happen if this was an actual Canadian golden boy megastar in those markets? What would happen? Would it be different? Because if if it was McDavid, would Paris have gone, it's a five grand fine, mate. What do you want, what do you want me to do? And that's where, like I said, that's where for me, there's, there's no reason to not do this in the playoffs. Take a run at a guy, knock him out and just knock him out of the series. Why wouldn't you? You've got nothing to lose. Because it'll, losing your seventh D man for the series doesn't fucking mean shit. But, if you take away McDavid from Edmonton or Matthews from Toronto, well, then those teams have now got a fucking hill to climb. Absolutely. And I think you do touch on a, on a salient point there, Dan, where, yeah, it's because it's, it's, you can't you can't help but look at this and think, mm, if it wasn't Artemi Panarin, we would be looking at a suspension. 100%. Because you can't, you can't make the argument of like market size or whatever. It's not like he's done this against a Coyote or like a Dallas Star or whatever. A, a, a smaller national team or whatever, you know. It's against a Russian guy. Ah, Russians are against two Russian guys, Buchnevich and and Panarin. And and the fine, the wording of the fine, I've 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 shut the tab I've closed off the tab now, but if if I'm if I'm right in thinking the the wording of the fine doesn't even mention Panarin. It's about what he does no, to it's about what yeah, he does to Buchnevich, which is which is mental in its own right. But yeah, the fact that he's he's performed this uh this <sighs> Fucking absolutely struggling for words today. This um, <laughs> this hit, this assault on on two Russian players, as opposed to American or Canadian players, you you've only got a the mind wonders, doesn't it? It's like, well, 
Yeah. You can't help but think that that plays some sort of role in it. Just fucking depressing. Last, last, last thing. Do you want to hear the best conspiracy theory that I heard about this? Of course I do. Of course I do. <laughs> to be fair, whoever said, do you want to hear the best conspiracy theory? And then the person went, no, I don't. <laughs> of course you do. Why yeah, do you even ask not, that? Why do I even not ask interested, that question? Actually. Not interested. Who is Artemi Panarin vehemently against in his own country? <laughs> And who on yes. the Capitals maybe loves that person? <laughs> there you, you, go. Could, you could describe him as being Ovi, on the Putin team. Ovi, yeah, Putin team. I expect to see Tom Wilson lining oh up fucking God. Putin for some assists next year. Oh my God, imagine. <laughs> I love that crazy theory so much. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Fucking hell. All right, let's start the show. <laughs> Please. As always, we're brought to you by Wave Intel. The regular season is almost over, aside from position jockeying. So get ready for the playoffs and use Wave Intel's veritable warehouse full of data to get you ready and to be even more disappointed and annoyed than normal when your team gets eliminated. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Check out Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter. And we're on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, smart speakers, anywhere else you can listen. Leave us a nice review, it helps a lot. Tell someone if you like the show, and if you don't like it, well, I don't really blame you. Your first stars of the week this week are Thomas Grice, who is a man who hates fun because he stops pucks, and Joanne McDonald. Joanne works at St. Joseph Mercy Health System as the Regional Director of Pharmacy. She oversees more than 100 colleagues across Southeast Michigan, and Joanne is one of those behind-the-scenes heroes who people will never meet, but she does a fantastic job. And as also, as my wife will attest to, anybody who manages staff has a fucking huge pain in their fucking tits every day. So doubly <laughs> shout out to you, Joanne, for not only managing people, but also managing people during this fucking crisis. Joanne, you're a legend. And and managing medicine, you know, pharmaceutical supplies, which is... Of course, yeah. yeah. Christ, as, as like you talk about invisible heroes, yeah. Fucking big up, Joanne, keeping us all pain-free and, and medicated up just how we like to be. <laughs> Medicated up. You sound like a druggie. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm not going to call Joanne. Cheers, Joanne, dude. Thanks for all that stuff, man. Oh my god. <laughs> the uh, the chief chief drug supplier for St. John's. Yeah, St. Joseph's. Sorry, St. <laughs> Joseph's. We'll quickly mention Yaramir Yaga, who had a fuck it another great season this season as his goals propelled Retreat Cladno, the team that he owns, into the top Czech league. He was asked about continuing to play and this is kind of a two little two little things about this is the first one is we will just before we came on we're quickly looking at some of his stats from his career which are just fuck it some of them are just bonkers the other thing was the thing that he said was that he actually feels pressure to play because he owns that team and because it's him people will go and watch that team and sponsors will sponsor that team Mm -hmm. he feels as if he didn't play that that team would just disappear and not be anything anymore, yep. which is I think kind of sad. Which is really sad that now I don't know if he actually I don't believe he actually would want to retire. I just think he's not. I don't think he'd want to because it's Yager. I just he still seemed and he he was quite critical of himself in his little interview that he did, saying that I've not been very good this year. I feel I mean, 
fuck's sake. I mean, the guy's fucking 50 nearly. And he still could outskate probably every single person listening to this podcast. But he was quite critical of himself. And I thought it was quite sad that he feels as though it's he's turning out for them because he has to. And I wonder if that would mean he would rather play somewhere else. Maybe not off scene the NHL, but somewhere else in Europe or something like that. But I thought it was like an inter- just an interesting little wrinkle to his coming towards the end of his career. It feels like he has to do it. And it makes sense. I'd, uh, from the sounds of it, it's not even necessarily, you know, like, oh, I feel I need to because I'm so fucking good. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm the best. I'm the best player ever, even though he is one of the best players ever. It's like you say, it's more about the financial side of it. And he understands that him being a part of that club is is going to potentially avoid them becoming insolvent and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I, I can't I can't blame that way of looking at it. And, and in some ways, if he's enjoying doing it, yeah, if he's enjoying playing still for, for the team that he owns, his hometown club, Christ, you can't get much worse than that, can you? No, that's true. Seeing out your career with your hometown team, some of those things that players seem to do a lot, don't they? They want to go and play either half a season or one season for their hometown team just to say that they did it, that yeah, I made it, I've come back and everything's okay. We had a quick look, didn't we, before we came on and you had a, a fantastic stat for me. Do you want to, uh, do you want to repeat that for the year, for the dear listeners? Oh, but so I'm sure plenty of people know it. I'm sure plenty, it's, it's you know, a wonderful bit of trivia for, uh, for Yarami Yaga. So, yeah, we, we all know about lockouts. Unfortunately, we all know about NHL lockouts. You know, oftentimes you get players going and playing in I don't know, the KHL, the, the Liga, the SHL, whatever it might be. So, 94-95. So, for the entirety of the 94-95 season, Yaga played for four teams. So That's alone one is nuts. Yeah, which is, which is madness. Utter madness. Obviously, the Penguins. And then, maybe obviously in its own way as well, he played for that iteration of Cladno. Because I think they've technically changed club identity like five or six yes, times or I something. Yes, I believe they have. That yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Anyway, so there were two more leagues that you played in, which, you know, when you think of players going out to play in the lockouts, you think of like, oh, Backstrom playing in the KHL, you know, the, the top end um, pro leagues around the world, or maybe, you know, young North American players playing in the AHL and tearing it up. Ala Eric Stahl and Jason Spetzer in, in 2004-2005. Uh, no, on top of playing for his hometown team, he also suited up for HC Bolzano of the uh, of the Alpenliga, which I think is Italy and Switzerland, maybe. But the, the one for me is uh, he played a big fat one game in Germany, which, you know, at the time, not the, the up-and-coming hockey powerhouse it is now. The, without any context around this at all, he he didn't even play in the top German league. He played in the fucking German second division. And I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a moment to pause and, and imagine what his box box scores were for for that one game he played for Schalke. Hey, eighty seven. Yes, you're you're absolutely right. He did have one goal and ten assists in a single game for eleven points in the German second division. And like I was saying to you before we started recording, Dan. F- fucking why? Why? It was. <laughs> it's not even like if that was one game for Cladno. All right, I I get it. If it was one game for like I don't know the Scranton Wilkesbury Penguins because he was local, I get it. He would have had to travel to Germany <laughs> to suit up for what? All due respect to the German second division, but the the comparison of of um 
skill difference, Jürgen might as well have been suiting up for a, a fucking Korean beer league team. <laughs> Under 12. Under 12, yeah. He's jetting out just to play in this fucking German second division game and, and absolutely destroying things. So, And I think that's one of the things that I absolutely love about Jürgen. You know, not, not only is he playing, I assume, into his 50s, probably until the day he dies for Kladno and still doing a job for him. It just seems like he, if ever there was like a, a stats page that could tell you somebody loves playing hockey, it's fucking this, isn't it? Superstar, one of the top five players to ever play the game. Yeah, fuck it, I'll suit up for a German second division side. I don't give a fuck. At the height of my powers. <laughs> That's it as well, isn't it? It's not like he's doing it towards the tail end of his career. He's doing it like kind of in the, well, not in the middle of his peak because his peak was fucking forever, but he's in like the midst of his peak and he just fucking swans. It's so nuts. It's so nuts that he must have been playing for Bolzano in Italy and then he finds out that the Penguins need him back, but it's two weeks away and then he thinks, I could squeeze another game in somewhere before then, surely. <laughs> There's just a second division team that needs you. I'll see you tomorrow. And off he goes. Like, He's- why... He's phoning around <laughs> Europe for leagues that still have open reservation, uh, registration, yeah. and a roster spot. Everyone's yeah. like, "Ah, oh, sorry, sorry, Yaramir, we've uh, we've used them all up for Dave and, and John." So, uh, yeah, all right, <laughs> coming. Can you imagine the facilities in that German second division team? Can you imagine <sighs> the facilities? I, I can't. <laughs> the fucking Yaramir Yagas in, in nineteen ninety-five. Yeah. Oh, Which a... now, to me, I mean, Christ, that's one of those weird things where I realise how fucking old I am, that that was 26 years ago, which just makes me want to kill myself. 1995, a German second division team, and fucking Jaramir Jager sat there. He must have, it must have taken him a week to get out of Germany, or to get out of that locker room, because everybody must have just descended on there like a zombie horde or something. Because you imagine that, fucking, this is like, this is like you go to your fucking roller game and he's just sat there. You're like, oh, that fucking Yaga. What the fuck? <laughs> and then that's it. Everyone's sending messages, ringing on the phone, fucking telegrams, mail pigeons, fucking everything. Yaga's here. Get here now. You're going to meet Yaga. Like, and like, the people thinking, fuck off. No, he isn't. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, yeah, he's here for one game, is he? Yeah, of course he is, mate. Pull the other one. He's got fucking bells on. I just love it. This is like a rumor I was I've never been able to well I've never bothered to substantiate. Ooh, didn't didn't rumor. Paul Scholes suit up for a Sunday league team and then he got asked? Yeah, by, yeah, yeah, he has done. Yeah, they, he's done that. Yeah, he's done that a couple of times. And uh, the thing I always heard was like the league that they were playing him asked him to stop playing because he was just too good. Yeah, there's, there's, I'm sure there's, but he's just he's just pinging, fuck it. <laughs> He's just pinging balls into the top bins from like 30 yards away. And this is Paul Scholes. I'm trying to think of hockey's... Who's hockey's Paul Scholes? Oh, that's that's a question. That is a question. Do you know what my first thought is? My first thought is Joe Thornton. Like, peak Joe Thornton. Ooh, peak Paul okay. Scholes. You know, because it's like, it's, a, it's based off like it's vision, passing ability, but we'll still score great goals because that's what, you know, Scholes is known for, isn't it? I think yeah, I think kind you're of hard working. Doesn't really, yeah, doesn't really like the limelight. You never heard about Paul Scholes in the newspapers ever. He just played football and went home. That's all he wanted to do. All he wanted to do was play football. That was it. He didn't want to do anything else. He didn't want to go out. Didn't want to get fucking partying everywhere. Like fucking, you know, like um, 
multimedia companies or brand deals or anything. He just went to play football and then go home. And that's all he did. And that kind of reminds me of Jumbo, I think. That same did, kind of... Did Paul Scholes ever um, get nominated for a Ballon d'Or or anything? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. But you know what's really interesting? You know cool. when there are... You know there are players in the any any team sport, any team sport that are highly rated but are still massively underrated until you hear other players talk about them. If you go on Paul Scholes' Wikipedia and look at the quotes, I mean I mean from fucking everybody. I mean, Iniesta is quoted as saying, yeah, I, I based my game off Paul Scholes because he's the best midfielder I ever saw. <laughs> fucking Zidane, Henri, like everybody. It's fucking nuts. It's nuts that just this... Short, kind of, little, kind of podgy. From Oldham. Yeah, this short, kind of podgy ginger head lad from Manchester that, you know, would look. If he turned up on your Sunday league team, you'd be thinking, oh, he's this fucking idiot. Look at him. Jesus, he's fucking, he's this joker. Yeah, he was absolutely phenomenal. I'm seriously, mate. Like, if you ever go down a Paul Scholes rabbit hole, like people who spoke about him, it's fucking nuts. The amount, I mean, every, every legend you can think of just lauds him with absolute reverence. Like, yeah, he's easily the best. I'm sure Zidane said he was the best player I've ever played against. Like, the best passer he ever saw. All that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just fucking mental. Absolutely mental. But it's got to be Jumbo, right? That's your Paul yeah, Scholes. I think you're spot on. That's here, your Paul Scholes comparison. Zidane Zidane. My toughest opponent, Scholes of Manchester. He's the complete midfielder. Scholes is undoubtedly the greatest midfielder of his generation. Et cetera, et cetera. From, <laughs> from Zinedine from Zidane. From Zinedine Zidane. Oh, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> fucking legend. That's nuts. Oh, a legend. But yeah, that's that's the same sort of difference, you know. Paul Scholes banging him in from thirty-five yards against the Sunday League team. <laughs> at at like when he's forty as well, and this is Yaga, uh, yeah, second division German team when he's like twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We're saying this is the same kind of thing. It's not the same kind of thing. This is if Paul Scholes. When he was 25 and he was fucking mincing everybody, just turns out for the fucking dog and duck second 11. <laughs> You're like, hang on a minute, that's Paul's yeah, goals. Just, what the just fuck? Because, just because it's like an odd numbered year and there isn't a World Cup of the Euros, he's like, ah, oh, yeah, got me. <laughs> he goes and plays in a summer league in fucking Kazakhstan or something. It's Paul's goals <laughs> doing it. Hang on. He just loves playing. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's, that's the comparison for Yaga. Ah, oh, Yarame Yaga. Fucking hero. I love him so much. What a guy. What a fucking guy. Hey, speaking of uh, plays in Europe, Ilya Kovalchuk made the news as his team won the Gagarin Cup in the KHL. When questions about it, I think it was either his coach Bob Hartley or maybe the owner said that Kovalchuk is looking to come back to the NHL to try and win a Stanley Cup. So, I mean, my question to you is very simple. Do you think there's a mark out there for Ilya Kovalchuk? Oh, there can't be now, surely. Like, I mean, maybe the Canadians, because he seemed to have a bit of a good time at the Canadians, but... If it's specifically with the with the view of winning a cup, like I don't know, didn't he didn't he do that last time and he just signed for the fucking Kings? <laughs> yeah, the, well, yeah, because they and, offered him so much fucking money. What did he get? Sit when it's six and a quarter for three years? <laughs> <laughs> no questions asked. <laughs> what are you doing? Hasn't hasn't even like put his skates on for him. Like it's, it's not like he had a had a trial. Didn't sign on a PTO. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Like, oh, actually, no, he's, he's still shit hot. Nah. Like sight unseen. <laughs> this is our bebe all over again. Fucking... <laughs> all right, that's way too obscure for our listeners. Okay, there you go. Enjoy that one. Um... 
I couldn't imagine the Kings Honestly. looking at his fucking lines for the Thrashers from sort of 05, 06 to kind of 09, 10 and be like, wow, he was awesome. He must still be good now, to 10 be, years later, surely. To be fair, though, he had just done two seasons of over a point per game in the KHL for, for SKS and Petersburg. So, like, you can't... I agree, but six, dude, six yeah, and a quarter was fucking Six and a quarter for, that was, what was he, 34, 35 at the time? 36? I think he was 34 at the time. Uh, what do you think though? Little yeah. cheeky, little cheeky fourth line, million quid. Nah, you can't. You a, can't fourth you know. line it though. What are you gonna? What are you gonna fucking? Well, it depends how you Why run not? your fourth line, doesn't it? If, if you're talking traditional, well, you got fucking Sean Thornton on one side and Vern Fiddler down the middle. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not really gonna work, is it? Um, no, but a little skilled fourth line. Why not? Yeah, or even grand. even I think just a worse place for that much money. Yeah, if you treat him like like we treat any KHL import now, like all right, we'll try on the second, we'll try on the first as like a um, supporting role, a la Nikita Gusev, and and see if he can do a job. Yeah, I think if he wants to come back for league minimum, I'd I'd take a flyer on him. Why not? Paul Campbell had a really good sort of topic brew on Twitter this week when it was announced that Ryan Miller was retiring, and. Yeah, I just I guess I'll just put it I guess I'll just put the question to you this way first. Is is in your opinion, is Ryan Miller a Hall of Famer? Uh yeah, he should be. He should be. <laughs> okay. Alright. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you want me to say no? <laughs> I kind of wanted you to say no, so I didn't have to say this, but what are you talking about? <laughs> what? Here we go again. Once again, people, I'm so sorry to have to do this to you again. Are you mad? It's he's fucking, not a Hall of Famer. He's a fucking great goalie. He was a uh, again <laughs> great. I don't think you understand what that word means. Yeah, well, it, it depends on on how you look at. Are you taking it by the current halls standards, where it's like you have to be, you have to be Dominic Kasich, Patrick Watt, maybe Martin Brodeur, and then you can be a Hall of Famer. Anyone else is not Hall of Fame worthy. All while they're putting in fucking third line wingers from the nineteen eighty four Oilers into the Hall of Fame, like it's it's double standards. Is Ryan Miller more Hall of Fame worthy than X player? I'm not even going to bother listening players. We all we all fucking know. We all know. Is he? Is he? Yeah. Is he more Hall of Fame I'll worthy answer, than Kevin I'll Lowe? answer for yes, your question. I'll answer your question for: Is he more Hall Hall of Fame worthy than X player? No, he isn't. Pick any X player. No, he isn't. <laughs> Sorry. Right, fucking well, nuts. Fucking Ryan Miller. Geek no. We we talk about the same Ryan Miller here, right? <laughs> yeah, same same Ryan Miller that was absolutely donning it for for the Sabres in in you know the late two thousands. Yeah. All right. So in an eighteen year career, he had what two good years? Three. Great. <laughs> he was a really good goalie. Really good at um. Really good. Oh, oh really? See, you've you've just done it again. <laughs> really good. He was really good. Okay. If you're a dual way, the Hall of Fame inductees would be 50 people every year. Yeah, it, it would be. It, it, it 100% right. would be. It, it'd be you'd, you'd have like Miko Koiver would be in the fucking Hall of Fame. It'd be... Because um, <laughs> we've we've already gone past the, past, the, past the point of it. It's a Hall of Fame. It's not like the legends. It's just like fucking big players. Do you know what I mean? All right, so hang on then. Before you move on with some another ridiculous opinion... <laughs> And again, to be fair... I'm feeling, I'm feeling attacked. We started this podcast. We're you like, should. Oh, we're sorry to talk I about am. this again. I swear this is like the fourth week in a row where it's like, ah, Patrick Marlowe shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. So, well, yeah, he probably should be. Ah, Gordy Howe shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> Get Mario Lemieux out of the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, but you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to be one of those fucking podcasts where the the fucking the people who talk just have the same opinion all the time and agree on everything. You want you want that? X out. Go listen to some fucking boring podcast where they're fucking afraid of their own shadow. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Sometimes we're going to bicker. <laughs> yeah, I like you, it. you want to listen to the hard nuts of hockey podcasting? Two Brits, exactly. one puck. Look at us, exactly. wrong and you're getting decked. There's a reason that we've got a fucking Union Jack, all right? And I'm wearing a fucking knotted <laughs> hanky and a string vest, okay? <laughs> Daddy, are you familiar with the phrase Britain for the British? <laughs> no. I'll come over there with a stiff upper lip, William, and challenge oh, you to some Queensbury rules. Don't. Hang don't. on. <laughs> because Paul Campbell then had an excellent... Uh, after he put out that tweet, we, me and him had a quick chat, and he mentioned that there are, I think, seven other goalies in and around Ryan Miller's class. So, here's I'll put those goalies to you, and then I want to get your opinion. Not all, obviously not going to do one by one, but Paul Campbell also mentioned Luongo, Crawford, Lundqvist, Flurry, Quick, Price, and Rask. So when I say that, okay, if Ryan Miller's going in, they're all going in, because he has nothing over any of them. Sorry, what was that list again? So Luongo... Yep. Crawford. Yeah. Lundqvist. Yeah. Hang on. Flurry. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Price. And Rask. Yeah. So have any of those <laughs> are any of any of those in your in your opinion, are any of those not Hall of Famers? There's one that I don't I think is clearly not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, so obviously Ryan Miller, but No, else? no, no. Gary <laughs> Price. Okay, interesting. <laughs> no, I'm, interesting. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be contra. I'm gonna, I'll be the contrarian that you want me to be, Dan. In the fact that I'll be contrarian to your desire for a combative podcast. All of those goalies should be in the Hall of Fame. Really? Chuck them all in. Chuck them all in. <laughs> Chuck them all in. You can. Well, uh, Roberto Luongo, incredible goalie. Um, not for me. Not Hall of Fame worthy for me. <laughs> Roberto Luongo is not Hall of Fame worthy. Then, okay. then what are we doing? Here's the thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm not saying he wasn't really good. He was really good, okay? But he has nothing, in my opinion, that puts him over other goalies that were just really good. You have to have something, in my opinion. Yeah, but I'm saying that, every, now, every... Now, that can be... That list, <laughs> that list isn't exhaustive. It could be... For example, for example, Jonathan Quick, his thing... The, okay, I get it. He's won two cups. And I think goalies, it's a bit... When a goalie wins a cup, it's usually a bit trickier because it is them. It's not a team effort. It's just them. There's no other kind of... You can't say, oh, well, he was only a good goalie because this other guy was helping him be a good goalie. It kind of doesn't work in the same way as with the skaters. I get it. You've got a good defense, all that kind of thing. But it doesn't I, I could think kind of one example with skaters. Uh, involving one of the other goalies on that list. <laughs> okay, hang on. <laughs> Jonathan Quick in the 2011-12 playoffs was unbeatable. 946 save percentage. Yep. That's fucking insane. And I think the same for Corey Crawford. Okay, he's won two. Any goalie that's that's going to win two cups is getting in regardless of my opinion. They just are because it's fucking insanity not to. I can think of one goalie that shouldn't get in with two cups. Are you going to say Corey Crawford? No, I think Corey Crawford should be in. I'm going to say Matt Matt fucking Murray. Okay, okay. Oh shit! All right, you make it. All right, yeah. Oh, you know what? You make a fair. Actually, yeah, you make a fair point with that. You make a fair point. Thank you very much. Argue with that. The the thing that I'd like out of you, Dan, is you to we use we use um, Roberto Longo or whatever as as a yeah. the good uh, yardstick. 
you're saying he's he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Who's a goalie that's better than or as good as Roberto Longo that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame? Because I'd imagine anyone you name who's truly on Luongo's level should be in the Hall of Fame. But again, no, this this comes back to... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I am not hearing the name of an NHL hockey goaltender. I'm in fact hearing more words, whatever they might mean, to dance <laughs> I'm just around. I'm filibustering. Yeah, yeah this, is a, this is pure filibuster because you don't want to say, you don't want to say Andre Pavlich and be laughed, laughed at. Do you know what it is? Now you've put me on the spot. I can't think of anybody. <laughs> but if I went away and actually, uh, like, no, because all I'm doing is looking at my notes from all these other goalies, and I, all I'm looking at is, well, yeah, all of these are way better than Luongo, or should be in over Luongo. Should be in along Apart from- with Luongo. The th- the thing that for me with goalies, yeah, is like it's such a volatile position that I do think you need to kind of appreciate if you have what can really be considered like a period of stellar performance, not just, you know, up and down, up and down necessarily. I think you have to, you have to appreciate it. Like, yeah, what you are only going to have like generational goalies for want of a better term that are going to dominate for a very long period of time. You know what I mean? Like as much as we try and dunk on him on this podcast, what Kerry Price did in 1415 or 15, whichever year it was, we won the heart of the Vesna. It was incredible. It was. It really was. Like he's not. I agree. I he, agree. He's not a generational, legendary goalie, a la, you know, the fucking the usual suspects. But that was very impressive, and for me, impressive enough to get him in the Hall of Fame. Similar to Quick, similar to Crawford, similar to Ryan Miller. A period of utter dominance at the position. That yes, it's not going to last because of the nature of the position, but it's enough that. We're talking high peak when it comes to a goalie, I think. Yeah, but Price wasn't good for just a couple of years. He was good for a long time. More than Ryan, Ryan Miller had two years, if that. I a think two year stint, a two year stint in your position is insanity if that's a, a prerequisite for being a Hall of Fame contender. Two years. That's it. It wasn't it wasn't two years though. He had a stretch of let me do let me do the wee maths for you there, my boy. One, two, three, four, five, six. He had six years where he was above 9.15 for your Buffalo Sabres, Dan. Yeah, Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> your Buffalo Sabres. Including the two times I actually made the playoffs, he was he was 9.26 and 9.17. Like, the guy was really good on a really shit team. Are we Are we going <laughs> to... Are we going to... Um, Say Conor McDavid can't go in the Hall of Fame because he doesn't win a cup with Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, but if Ryan Miller was posting nine fifty seasons, which is like the akin to McDavid, fine, fine, I'd let him right. in. He he he's he's the goalie equivalent of Jack Eichel at this point, though. Right, that's going to strengthen your argument, is it? <laughs> so right I, now, yeah, right now you put Eichel in the Hall of Fame. Are you fucking mad? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, then they there you go. So so you're saying to me that Ryan Miller by the stats, is better than Jack Eichel. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put Eichel in the Hall of Fame either at the moment. <laughs> if he carries on like this on a, on a diabolical team, though, he should do. But now, now we're just creating different arguments to have. Point is, there should be more goalies in, the, right. in the Hall of Fame. Every goalie that you listed, 100%, get him in there tomorrow. Get him in there tomorrow. I think the only, the only situation where you've got a goalie that would maybe be in the conversation, and for me, shouldn't be in... Say, um, I think you'd have 
a question about Bobrovsky because he was so up and down. I'd sort of skewed getting him in there, but I, I would equally, you know, I, I don't necessarily think he's a slam dunk. And then you guys like your Matt Murrays and your Jordan Binningtons, like, yeah, they, they don't deserve to be in there at all. I don't think as it, as it stands. Do you know what the issue is though? If you like, just going back to this list, you look at what the others did or have done, and they're so far and away, it's so far and away, not more impressive. It reads so much better than oh, somebody like Ryan Miller. Oh, give me give me some stats, because what I've listed off to you is, what, six seasons in a row in, in uh, a franchise that we have deemed abjectly the worst in the league, where he was the fucking nuts. Again. The fucking nuts is a bit rich. I think he was. I, <laughs> You've gone from saying he was rich, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. I think you'll find that my my learned friend here is choosing to change his arguments from really good to apparently now the fucking nuts. I've I've come into I've come into more information that has made me realise that. Um, well, then I guess then the child's going to be thrown out because you've not sequestered that in, to the courts. So. In, in a season where the assistance that Ryan Miller had in front of him included players a la Cody Hodgson, Steve Ott, Drew Stafford, Jochen Hecht. Like, fucking... What do, you, what do you want from him? What do you want from him? And that was his worst season in that run. He had 9-15 that season in the, in the lockout shortened season. 2009-10. Let's have a look at the fucking state of that roster. It was fucking awful. Hang on, though. Just for a second, right? Oh, if I take the I'll two... If I... T- <laughs> I'll hang on. I'll, I'll show hang. you how I hang on. I'll hold. I'll hold. I'll take... I'll hold. I'll take Flurry, Quick, and Crawford, okay? In the cold light of day, when you're walking down the fucking Hall of Fame goalie wing, fucking whatever, yep. it's going to say... Oh, Corey Crawford, two-time cup winner, posted a 9.32 save percentage in the on the way to the cup final, on the 1.8 goals against. Jonathan Quick, two-time cup winner, 9.46 in the playoffs. I think had the record for the best goals against average of any goalie in the modern era in the cup finals. Marc-Andre Fleury, three-time cup winner, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to say Ryan Miller was good for five seasons. And that's all it's going to say. And I just... I just find the... Do you know what it is? I find that the... The level for being in the Hall of Fame is so wildly, like, massive that I can't get my head around it. That you're going to put Ryan Miller in along with, like, oh, well, I guess I guess we'll go to Karask, like, has led his team to three cup finals, has I think the second best or third best save percentage of any goalie since Christ, I can't remember when, like, in fucking decades over his career, yet. And he's been doing it for 10 years, yet Ryan Miller's going to go in because he had five good seasons. See, now... Well, sorry, he had he had two he had two amazing seasons and then three good seasons. And that's it. Like, that's, uh, that's enough. Yeah, I, find, I find that insane. Your Honour, if we could uh, take the tape back, what I imagine to now be 70 minutes to the start of this Ryan Miller argument, where Dan... <laughs> where, where Dan invokes... Campbell's fault. Where, yeah, as as most things usually are on this podcast. Um, Good point. Where Dan, where Dan make you, you make the point, Dan, that it's a hard position because you're on an island. You don't have anyone else helping you with your position. And then the three goalies you've listed in Quick, Rask, and uh, whatever his name is, Corey Crawford, 
Good Crawford. You're then listing off team achievements as to reasons they should be in the Hall of Fame over over Ryan Miller. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. They absolutely should be. But it's not Ryan Miller's fault. You can say, oh, Tuka Rask led his team to three Stanley Cup finals. He didn't. He, he wasn't going a point per game, was he? He wasn't in goal and first line centre. There's only so much that a goalie can do on their own to propel a team to greatness. And I think the argument with Miller is he did as much as a single goaltender could possibly do on one of the worst teams at the NHL, worst periods of team running that the NHL has ever fucking seen. His plaque is going to say, he was on a really bad team, you know. That's what his plaque's going to say. <laughs> I, I've not been to the Hall of Fame. I don't, I don't think they have to put shit on that plaque. It's going to say, it's going to say he was, they win silver? That was any silver. Shit. He's not even a gold medalist. Don't, um, don't do the fucking, he's not Canadian, is he? he doesn't go no, he's not. Free, a, so. <laughs> <matter of fact. laughs> Canadian hockey players get gold medals in their fucking cereal as a treat in the morning. They're going <laughs> to <they're torn>. yeah. <laughs> say he was a Vezina Trophy winner, an Olympic MVP, and not just, not just goalie MVP, MVP full stop. Which is fucking impressive. Better than all all the Canadian hockey players. Uh, it's going to say that he fucking dominated college hockey, which I know isn't strictly part of it. But yeah, geezer geezer was shit up, and I I won't hear anything otherwise. All right, I'll go more degree to disagree. I do. I would like to know what people think. I would seriously. What was, I was, what was I Paul saying? Because like... I I didn't even see it. What was Paul saying? Yay or nay? He was very smart and didn't commit to anything. Because. <laughs> <really. laughs> <laughs> You're lucky you didn't. You're lucky you didn't, because I feel I feel a clever man like Mr. Paul Campbell Esquire would uh, would join in. I did. I did check his replies, and there were there were definitely more no's than yes. I think there's only two yeses did, for Ryan Miller being in, and everyone else said no. Did you also check the replies to the uh, Tom Wilson incident and notice that there were more people saying he should get the Hart Trophy than suspended? <laughs> Just for and just for just I know I know I know your I know all your answers were all yes they're definitely in, but mine were Crawford, Quick, Flurry, Rask, Price, Lundquist all definitely yeses, and then it was I leaned no for Luongo and then no for Miller, but that was just my let's stay on goalies a great story and proof again that. Who fucking cares? It's a goalie. And if you're paying anything over 25p for a goalie, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> Michael Hauser of the Buffalo Sabres wins his first two games in his professional... Well, I can't say his professional career. In his NHL career. He has 34 shots. In, Michael Hauser. Michael fucking Hauser. Dude, get the stats up for this I'm, guy. I'm, it's absolutely I'm getting nuts. him. I'm getting him. You're getting him right now. You know what? Let's get. Let's let's make sure I've got that page open as well. You sure it's, it's not Adam Hauser? amazing. How are, you, no. how are you spelling it? Hauser. H-O-U-S-E-R. Oh, I was doing H-A-U-S-E-R. Ah, you went with the traditional spelling. I, I did. I went for the, okay. uh, the more Germanic. Here he is. Yeah. Here he is. Look at this stat list. Look at it. Look at this. Unbelievable. Oh, mate, it's beautiful. It's in... absolutely beautiful. So if he retires now, can he get in the Hall of Fame? I mean, he's better than Ryan Miller, so yeah, for sure. Mate, Giza, Giza played in the UCHO last year. Yeah, for the Cincinnati Cyclones. And was um, not outstanding 
from the looks of it. <laughs> just he was a smidge over nine hundred, a smidge over. I don't, I don't know enough about the league <laughs> to know whether that was shit or not. But my heart is saying that's probably yeah, yeah. He was he was pretty um, bang bang average to yeah. shit. Thirty sixth. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Thirty six. What a guy? Jesus. What a guy? And he's twenty. How old is he? Twenty eight years old. Undrafted. Just fuck it. Why not? Why not give him a go? I'd be I'd be pretty pissed Got off if I was uh, Kevin with a Y. I think right, chuck this ECHL goalie and we'll be able to drop a few more points, squeeze up the standings a bit. Uh, <laughs> no, mate, no. <laughs> and he comes in and has two games, nine forty save percentage in his two games. Fucking amazing, Kevin. Please, you played for you the brought Cleveland, up a man called the House. Cleveland Monsters. What a team! What what a monster! What a monster! Enjoy. The Tucson Roadrunners, Fort Wayne Comets, the Santana Rampage. It's crazy as well. Like, we've done it before with players who've been taken, you know, in the top 10, and you go, well, do you know what? When he was sort of 17, he had a fucking amazing season at junior. Jesus Christ. And maybe he's just not be able to translate it to the NHL. At no point in his career would you say Michael Hauser was this all-world kind of, you know, ECHL, AHL goalie. He was always just just above bang average. I mean, to be, to be fair, when he was a 20-year-old in the OHL, uh, <laughs> he had a nine twenty five season, so fair fair play. When he was the oldest goalie in the oh, league. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I wonder if they won the cup that year. The um, uh, potentially, potentially. But, but either so- way, what a fucking story. Good on the guy. Uh, yeah, what what a fucking guy. What a guy. And and <laughs> not to explode this into another half an hour goalie conversation, but there there is um. Very little to no difference between Michael Hauser and Jordan Bennington. <laughs> Is that right? I, th- I think so. I think so. Like what? <laughs> Bang average to bad minor league goaltender gets a chance in the in the NHL and suddenly starts winning games. Like I, I would. Jesus Christ, if, you're not wrong. If you could somehow oh prove God. it, put Michael Hauser in a Bennington situation in a couple of years ago. And, and I'm telling you, it's the same outcome. Yeah, Tommy doesn't do the same thing. Mm. Bennington had a couple of a couple of years that were better, but also a couple of years that were worse. This is, this is what I'm fucking saying. Like it's, and we've we've yeah. always said goalie, goalies of voodoo. It's purely like opportunity and whether you get out of bed on the right right side that day. It's true. Yeah, fu- fundamentally no difference between Michael Hauser and, and Jordan Bennington, which is why Michael Hauser deserves to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Over Jordan Bennington. <laughs> okay, all right. Is he it, can go into that. He can go to that Hall of Fame area that we've discussed before. That's the kind of this is a great story, and you can achieve your dreams section. So he can go in that bit. I'm fine with that. I'll be okay with that. Right, right next to, to Bobby Ryan and Joe Thornton. Yeah, Jonathan Drouin has taken a leave of absence from the Montreal Canadiens. Oh no, I want to make more jokes. Has, I can't talk about this. <laughs> Oh, sorry, yeah. There was, it's been very, kept very quiet, as it should be. But the general, well, it's not not really consensus, because it's more kind of a rumbling. I'll say the general rumbling. Assumption, yeah, would be right. Would be that it's being a French-Canadian playing for the Habs. And we have joked about this before, but it does ring true. Nobody hates a team and its players more than their own fans. And nobody is more vicious about a team and its own players than its own fans. And that's just the truth. And I was, when I've spoken to 
when I spoke to Dyson Sphere on the show, um, God, ages ago now, but he mentioned about unless you live in Montreal, you just you don't get it. You don't understand the the internal pressures that come from being in that market. And like we've said before, it must be if if you can if you can succeed in that market as a French Canadian, you'll be a god there forever, forever and ever and ever. There'll be statues, there'll be bars named after you, everything, anything you could ever want out of fucking roads named after you, anything. But if you're not quite doing it, man, they are going to come down on you like a sumo wrestler. And I wonder if, I mean, that's because that's the German rumblings. We have to kind of assume that's maybe what this is. But uh, yeah, I hope it's uh doesn't get to him too much. And I wonder if he'd maybe request a trade away as well. That's something that's not really been mentioned yet. No, well, I suppose that sort of thing will be covered when we... Well, he's he's probably not going to come back now, is he? Oh, no, they are. They are gonna, they, no, they are going to make... Yeah, they'll make the playoffs. So he'll probably come back for the playoffs, you'd imagine, potentially. Who Who's to say, really? Like, yeah, I, th- I think you, you're spot on by saying, yeah, there's no smoke without fire and all that. And as much as, yeah, you don't want to assume about something so delicate as this, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know we... Um, uh, we trade in in rumor and and assumptions a lot on this show, but yeah, when it's something sensitive like a, a person's mental health, whether I'm open. being a couple of dickheads, as well. yeah, absolutely. Well, it comes comes with the territory, doesn't it? But yeah, I, I I think this is clearly something quite sensitive and personal, and 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 kudos to the Canadians for not giving us much to work with, really. Like, yeah, they could have they could have said you know they could have said anything that would give more of a clue sort of confirming people's suspicions or even giving them an, an ability to point at something the Canadian said, ah, clearly it's this. But yeah, I, th- I think it's, give the geezer some time. Like, he's obviously in a in a fucking bad way. And and we've got to applaud him. We've got to applaud him. Like, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't force yourself through for a bad time mentally, emotionally, whatever it might be, however you want to describe it. For the sake of your employer, people, that goes for Jonathan Drouin, that goes for the burger flipper at McDonald's, that goes to middle management at some corporation doing a white collar job. Don't put your put your own mental health and your own well being above your employer's needs. And kudos to Jonathan Drouin for doing that in in an industry and specifically a work environment such as Montreal, where he is swimming against the current by by taking that moment for him. If if that is what has happened. Heaven, heaven forbid that there's any other reason for him to have needed to take, take time away, you know, a tragedy in his own personal life, or whatever whatever it might be. Yeah, I, I, th- I think hats off to him because that's a brave thing to do, knowing that there will be freaks like us who are speculating why. I'll ask you a question. I need a yes or no answer. Yes. Can I make a joke about this or not? That's, that's not a yes or no. Depends what it is. Of course it is. Depends what it is. <laughs> Dude, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's going to be... Oh, it's just a joke. What we just talked about. It's not going to be good, is it? It's not going to be good. It's not going to be... People are going to be listening going, oh, they were talking about mental health, and then he made this joke. Absolute thigh slapper. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> I, I, reckon, I, I reckon make the joke, but if it, I can decide after whether we need to beep it out or not. Like the, <laughs> like the name of Toast's play. I was, <laughs> the unspeakable play. I was going to say uh, he needs Tom Wilson to beat some toughness into him. <laughs> he does. He does. That's exactly what he needs. <laughs> That's what Sujit Hockey Man you wouldn't, you. you wouldn't see Tom... You know, Tom Wilson is so dedicated to the AHL that he won't even take a suspension. You know, you get, <laughs> someone tries to suspend him and say, no, you're not allowed to play. He's like, well, actually, I love hockey and I'm really cool and I'm double R'd, so I will play. 
that fruit, yeah. Jonathan Duran. God. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm Fucking hell. Speaking of, um, speaking of mental health, did you read that Sagan article or not? No. What? What's Sagan article? Oh, Jesus Christ. Ooh. He basically lost his... In- <laughs> yeah, we know he played the other night, didn't he? And scored in his return game. Yeah, he had this fucking off the hip and leg issue, and he basically lost all of the muscle on his leg, yeah, and that he was like, it basically just disappeared. It sounds fucking horrendous. Is that because he wasn't using it? Yeah, yeah, and plus of his surgery and all that kind of stuff, and he basically had to rebuild his leg from scratch. Dude, it's fucking nuts. Fucking hell. Absolutely nuts. You can definitely joke about that. Because. <laughs> But, I like when you went, who? <laughs> but I equally don't want you to joke about that because fucking hell, that's, uh, that might be the end of the Dallas Stars as we know it if Tyler Sagan's no longer Tyler Sagan. We were struggling when he was Tyler Sagan. I think he'll be okay. I love Tyler Sagan. I can't hate him. I can't hate him. So, yeah, I love Tyler Sagan. I just one last quick things, but what the fuck's going on with the, with the Winnipeg Jets? They're so bad. They're so bad. They lost seven in a row, I think. Uh, seven in a row? Eight in a row? Yeah, but a true a true seven in a row uh, streak. Yeah, true seven in a row. Good point. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you answered your own question, didn't you? What's going on with the Winnipeg Jets? They suck. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I re- I re- you know what's going to happen? I can see this thing where they're going to lose every single game heading into the playoffs and they're going to win like two rounds or something because it's hockey and it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, if it- Whoever they're playing, I'm betting on the Jets because that's just, just it would make no sense. So that's what obviously will happen. They're going to they're gonna squeeze into the playoffs ahead of Calgary off of overtime losses. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, go to the, go to the conference final. Yeah, and they'll somehow they'll somehow beat the Leafs in four games or something stupid. Oh, that no, it'll it'll be it'll be seven. Come on, we all we all know how this goes. Okay, okay. It'll be, yeah. Hey, game seven. Am I right? Yeah, they're fucking. Right. I was going to. They're fucking falling apart. What? <laughs> yeah. What? What more do you want me to say? Fucking nuts. Absolutely <laughs> nuts. No, yeah, that was it. That was it. I was going to mention how the scheduling can fuck off from this weekend, but I don't know if you even saw the schedule from this weekend. The, if you even pay attention to the league anymore, the thing- you've got obviously. Two young rugrats chugging around. So I'm, I'm definitely struggling to. Uh, I can just about pay attention to the league, but an an entire hockey game, nah, never, never in a million years. Yeah, not especially a not especially a when you're scheduling a single game on a Sunday evening. <laughs> you did see it. Okay. I did, that, that was a bit of stuff. <laughs> to me, I thought, oh, Sunday, maybe maybe a matinee game. I can sit down and and enjoy, especially on a bank holiday weekend. Fucking no chance, mate. So what? What are we even doing? They had fifteen games on Saturday, one on Sunday, and then fourteen on Monday. <laughs> What's wrong with you I people? Fucking, I, I'm sure it's probably one of them ones where like you paint yourself into a corner. Do you know what I mean? With like, I guess, I guess, uh, travel but... and and this and the other. But yeah, it's like, come on, come on. But but then I suppose... I'm open that TNT or I'm open that TNT or ESPN actually pay attention to the fans on Twitter because everyone was complaining about it. That's ridiculous. Because all the games on Saturday as well, I think eight of them started at 7pm Eastern. <sighs> that Which is, again, just fucking ridiculous. You, you want to grow the game worldwide and stuff, just start one game at 12 and then start every game after that half an hour later. And then you get all the games in at a decent time and then anybody can watch whoever wants to watch. It's a Saturday. It's fine. Yeah, at, le- at, least, at least provide the opportunity for fans and non-fans to be glued to your product for an entire day, don't be like, right, we got we got seven games today. Oh, mate, quality an entire day of hockey. 
Um, nah, six of them seven o'clock puck drops, give or take. An- another thing, another uh, thing, fucking hell, just, uh, just to squeeze this moaning quickly ooh, he when snuck, we're talking about he it. He snuck a little thought in at the end there, go on. If you've got a 7pm puck drop listed on, on your fucking schedule, don't have oh. me turn it on at eight minutes past <laughs> seven to fucking Eddie Olchek, like, oh yeah, and that's why I'm Eddie Olchek. And then the puck doesn't drop until 7.24. Because... Because it's just, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's annoying for me as as a freak who loves this sport. And there's no chance that you're getting someone to flick it on, mate. If I'm if I'm like, I don't know, if some flight of fancy takes me or whatever, and and I decide to tune into I don't know rugby, basketball, cricket, tennis, whatever. I was like, oh okay, it's going to start at five o'clock, whatever. I was like, oh okay, it's starting now. And I tune in, and it hasn't started. 10 minutes after the slated start time without like you know oh due to extenuous circumstances we're having to start a bit later this is just standard we're just dicking about fuck I'm not fucking coming back I'm finding something else in that time that's gonna get my attention that's a great point that is a great point the youth of the youth of today as I go on one of my Gen X rants (laughs) the youth of today don't care they don't want to wait for anything they don't want to watch adverts they don't want to do nothing they want to just sit down, watch what they want to watch, and get done. So if you're saying, yeah, you're right, start at 7 o'clock. Start at 7 o'clock then. It says 7 p.m. So why are we starting at 7 p.m.? Uh, 20 minutes of fucking bullshit preamble. And then fucking, don't get started again, we can't do the um, national anthem bullshit again. But yeah. yeah. It's fucking yeah, national it's fucking anthem. ridiculous. I, th- I think, like, as much as, yeah, that, that is very applicable to the youth of today, I still think it, it will affect people no matter what age you are. Because, you know, say the older no, you are right. or when you have right. responsibilities or whatever, you want to sit down, right, this is my time to sit down. I want to watch something. I don't want 75 ad breaks in between fucking Keith Jones telling me that Tom Wilson can hit hard. Like, you're going to find something else. And chances are in that time between your scheduled puck drop and the natural 25 minutes it takes to get the fucking puck dropped, you have almost certainly found something else. Or... Heaven forbid you've run out of free time before the game even fucking starts. And for a league that is so <laughs> heaven forbid, Heaven forbid your eight-week-old eight baby does a massive shit and now you've got to go and change it and you miss the start of the game. Well, I see you've, you've got it <laughs> wrong there, Dan, because uh, eight-week-old babies don't do massive shit. They, in fact, as I've come to learn, take anywhere between three and five days between their shits and then make a massive... Oh, really? Yeah, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. We're in, we're in that oh, okay. sort of weird... Go one of those, have you? But yeah, okay. yeah, one of those little, little mutants. But yeah, I, I think it's... Yeah, if we're talking about scheduling, that's my... Because I can forgive that that Sunday, I can completely understand and imagine that could be the sacrifice you have to make to have all of the other bits of the season slot in. Yeah. I, can, I can understand, all right, we've just got to have this one dud day because you know, to an extent, like, all right, one game is better than no games, isn't it? Like, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah it's, it's the the stacking of the schedule to seven pm, and then not even hitting those fucking seven pm puck drops that infuriates me. Because you you wouldn't you don't have it in other sports. You don't seven forty five kickoff. You you tune in at seven forty six. It's fucking two minutes into the game. Unlucky mate, you missed it. Like. That's true, yeah. Because this, yeah, the the kickoff time listed when forty games happen is the kickoff time. The show may start an hour before that, which it always does, because they've got to get their money in and complain about the Super League. But 
the kickoff time is that time. It's that's when the game starts. And if you yeah, like you say, seven forty five, you jump seven fifty, we've already missed five minutes. So yeah, you're right. It's mental. Okay. Sort it the fuck out. There we go. Yeah, anybody from Turner ESPN listening, if we can get on it, sort it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Will, any last words? So about these puck drop times, yeah? Well, nah. I'm, <laughs> I've spent them. I've spent them. I'm, I'm worded out. Roided out and worded out. Roided out and worded out, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. There we go. Thank you, listening, everybody. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Peace. <laughs>